Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We're recording early so that we can get this content to your earballs while you're traveling for Thanksgiving, presumably on the Wednesday before Turkey Day, or if you're driving, uh, or if you're flying, whatever you're doing. If you're, if you're looking in for, a plane, a train, yeah. an automobile, <laughs> we got little, you covered. Yeah, that is a nice hat tip to the GOAT of Thanksgiving movies. The only Thanksgiving movie I can really think of. Oh, that's a great call. It that is, is a great best, call. It is the best Thanksgiving movie. Dude, I Watch might have that, to do just gather, a whole yeah. John Candy uh a whole uh, uh maybe yeah uh, if you don't want to watch the late game maybe gather your nearest and dearest and watch that dude great call i love that um okay but it is it's thanksgiving week yeah hopefully hopefully getting this out early yeah we're ready to we're ready to feast travels. we're itching to feast we're, we're dying to get into this and you know we were talking we were talking about it uh, in the pre-production here uh, what should we, should we, uh, power rank, uh, sides for Thanksgiving? Should we, uh, you know, do a, a deep dive into pecan pie versus pumpkin pie or, you know, the slate is so full of games. Everyone's off of a buy. There's so much to talk about. There's so much interesting stuff going on in the world of football. I think we just dive right in feast on this card feast on this shit. Okay. Well, let's kick it off. We're with the, uh, early game, uh, the oft forgotten, the, I, I guess if I had to ask you, how many years in a row has Detroit gotten the early slot, the less preferred game on the, the, on Turkey Day? Is this like the 10th or 12th year in a row that they've had the clearly inferior game on Thanksgiving? It kind of feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. They keep getting it. You know, they keep rewarded, giving it to them. They've, yeah, they've rewarded the decision makers that be by yeah. trotting out. I don't. I can't think of his first name. Help me out. Blah. David Bl- David blows. I have Jeff Blow. I guess Jeff that's a Blow. I Jeff Driscoll. Jeff yeah. Driscoll. You're 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 just combining the two blow. the two terrible quarterbacks at this point. Okay. Um. Well, let's uh let's set this up. So the NFL screwed screwed up here. Not only um are they giving us Chicago Detroit for the second year in a row, which is stupid, uh, but they're also giving us um Chicago Detroit after we just saw them play like two weeks ago. Like this is dumb. This is, this was a dumb. Thanksgiving Day schedule, top to bottom. In fact, I feel like I, when the schedule was kind of leaking and people were leaking and somebody leaked that Chicago, Detroit, and New Orleans, Atlanta were going to be on Thanksgiving, I was like, oh, no, that's got to be fake. Like, there's no way they're going to give us New Orleans, Atlanta again and Detroit, Chicago again. But here we are. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only way I want to see an instant rematch like this is if there was an assault in the first one. <laughs> Otherwise, they can spread these out a little more. Assault. That's good. That was good. Assault. That's assault, brother. Um, Chicago sends to Detroit. This sets up as an ugly game, no matter how you handicap it. Uh, I can't imagine placing a bet on Detroit. I, I have no idea. <laughs> the, 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 the action here must be so wildly lopsided. I, I can't imagine who's placed a bet on Detroit. Um, to a degree, there is some home, 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 extra home field advantage this time of year on Thursday. Um, but I think that gets neutralized by the fact that you're potentially starting a quarterback who's never played an NFL snap before. Sure. Um, and even if they do go with a, a hurt Driscoll, like 
you know, what's to expect from the Detroit offense here? Um, Chicago has put together a couple of pretty suspect wins with a terrible performance in the Rams sandwiched in between. Oh, God, dude, after seeing what the Rams did at home against the Ravens, how bad are the freaking Bears? They're not good, and you bet. <laughs> I did in that spot. And I, well, no, I mean here, but there's. Oh yeah, yeah Chicago. Right. And let, I, it was, that was a pure numbers grab. Yeah, yeah and let's let's be realistic. The Chicago defense is still a good defense. It's not getting the talk it did last year because it's not leading them to wins. It's not you know causing crazy turnovers like the Patriots' defense is this year. But a good defense like this, with just okay everywhere else can beat bad teams and it can even beat bad teams on the road, especially a bad team that is, I mean, they tried to sign a guy that's like already locked in to play for the XFL this week. Yeah. They're going to go with it's, it's David, David Blair, David Blair. This is a rough spot. <laughs> I think They're technically actually, it's blow. It rhymes with plow as our blau, friends. And it might be lucky over joking about Mr. Plow yesterday, but you know, anyway, a, yeah, a hurt, a hurt Driscoll might be, Worse than David Blow, like yeah. Driscoll without being able to move his feet is a really bad quarterback. That was what was making him squirrely was the fact that he could move. So I'll probably stay off this one just because I missed a good number. But didn't you get a good number on the under? I did. I did get the under. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the handicap, I guess. But yeah, the the under. I said under 39. I'm probably going to take that. And then I shopped around in one book. Sitting there with a 40 for no reason whatsoever. Every other, no one even had a 39 and a half. One book had a 40 for 10 cents. I said, I mean, at minus 110, it's not like I paid extra for it. So I said, kind of have to take that because I was just sitting here shopping for a better price, 39. So yeah. under 40, it's around down to 38 and a half already. I'd still bet that. It's, okay. it's an ugly one. Well, so my current read on the Bears, number one, Mitch Trubisky is as poor as advertised. Like last week against the Giants, he could not manifest a cover there to save his life. Uh, he had some of the poorest throws that we've seen to this point in the season in that particular game. And uh, even after a couple of, uh, you know, two wins in his last three games, I, it's still very dicey laying points with uh, with Chicago. Um, I would say that he clearly has an X. He, he has a he has a, another gear to his game if he's getting wild, if he's getting loose, if he's running, um, if he's pulling some Josh Allen-esque uh, type of nonsense, then he's more effective. He can, you know, you can extend drives, he can score points. Um, but I think at this point, it's, you know, it Nagy has to be thinking about his job security, his job, you know, his status. I, I, I don't think you can afford to continue to try to make this point that, uh, that Trubisky can't throw. I think you have to craft a game plan where you're using all of the strengths um, or maybe his strength, which is running, not throwing. Um, do, yeah, I don't understand what the what the fucking deal is with that. Yeah, like, I don't either. Bro, he, I mean, we just watched a game last night where you can scheme runs for a quarterback and have it work. Like, of course, take some it, it pressure works. off the kid. Yeah, take take some pressure. Let him use his like. I mean, my theory some is of the, that was some of yeah, the best stuff we've seen from him last year. Was, I mean, unscripted, but he was able to use his legs a lot more last year. I'm not sure what's going on there that he's not. Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather be Chicago or Buffalo right now? Because Chicago, because this is my theory. Nagy in the offseason didn't see the progression he thought he needed from Mitch. He decided this is not going to work long term. I need to prove that to management so that they move on. Right. If I magically 
make him look better than he is, then I'm always going to be stuck here in the middle where I'm not contending for championships. And we are talking, our, trying to figure out, do we extend Trubisky after this four-year window or whatever, right? And then, the, I mean, that's the situation that Buffalo is going to find themselves in, right? Like, the, like, clearly Josh Allen is getting them wins on the back of their easy schedule and, um, you know, doing some scrambling with his legs and, you know. Really good defense. Yeah, really good defense. Um, like, Chicago could be that team again this year, but they would be, you know, angling for a wild card position here and then we wouldn't be giving them any consideration in the playoffs which is kind of where we're at with buffalo so i guess which would you rather be and did nagy make the correct long-term decision here by trying to feature trubisky's passing and kind of proving to the organization that he's not the right guy again allegedly but i mean you're this of all the stupid tinfoil shit you've ever said (laughs) this one this one's up there i mean this one this one checks out it kind of holds water I don't. I, I get. I'd rather be the Bears because I think they're ready to move on. Yeah. Whereas Buffalo's going to go to the playoffs with a mediocre quarterback. I mean, they got Trent Dilfer with legs, and you know they're they're going to. I mean, the fans are going to be happy. They got another playoff berth. I mean, they got a playoff berth two years ago with with uh, not T. Tarod. Was a guy. Tarod. I mean, yeah, <laughs> getting getting to the playoffs is one thing. Actually, having a, a future. And a future that scales up. Yeah. Like, I think that that's kind of the ceiling. Like, you're not going to have a schedule that looks like this every year. The no, Jets you're sure not. Better. Miami's got a crop of draft picks. It's going to get like, – they are going to – if this is the plan long term, if they're not going to try to improve on offense, if this is the plan for Buffalo and we'll get to them next, I guess, they're going to get passed by the Jets, and they'll be passed by the Jets in Miami, or Miami in a couple of years once they get in everything they draft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd rather well, beat Chicago, but anyway, so the, I'm on the under. The, the bettable angles were the under on Sunday or Chicago yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, if you haven't bet this game, you're betting into just a horrific numbers on both of those. I don't see huge edges on Chicago minus three or or higher. I don't see huge edge on under thirty eight and a half or lower. Um, at this point, both of those numbers are kind of contingent on no defensive scores from either side, right? Like, yeah, and I mean Detroit. Detroit as a teaser leg makes me pretty nervous. Just I can't imagine even a, even a Wong teaser taking a teaser with a guy. I mean, he was a Big Ten all. He was a all Big Ten academic. Did you see the any of the YouTube videos of him doing <laughs> yeah, magic? Magic. I did not. I heard you talk about. It. I haven't. I I don't want it skewing me anymore than I already have, and then you put my house on the bears. But yeah, that I I. I like Wong teasers. I like teasers that go through the three and the seven. Sure. Can't do it. Can't do it with yeah. this team. Yeah. Getting him yeah. to start yeah. on, yeah. Short, yeah. Or on a short week even, too. This could be like 18 nothing Chicago. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. I kind of pinned this about 24-6-ish, uh, and it kind of depends on if Trubisky turns the ball over and gives Detroit a short field. Maybe they get, you know, maybe they get 13. If, uh, if Blau is – truly horrific and you know gives chicago a couple extra uh shots at a uh, easy scores then maybe uh maybe this this over gets threatened so mm. um i would probably stay away from this one if i haven't already if you don't already have good numbers locked in i would just go ahead and uh, and wait to the main event here which is buffalo dallas speaking of a team thoughts on that on buffalo do you have any more any more yeah, think, any more extended thoughts? yeah any any more extended thoughts there no, um, we have an extended thought on Dallas. 
okay. definitely something. We'll set, let's set the game up and then let's dive into that. Yeah. I mean, Dallas coming off of, I mean, can we call it a good performance? Kind yeah. of. Yes, we can. I, I mean, staying within the numbers, staying in the game. They seeing, were the better team. They, they were the better team. The offense is there. It just needs to execute a little better. And that's a really tough place to play, tough weather, and a very tough defense. So I think maybe, if anything, I, I, I mean, one guy that we talked to that does some modeling, he said he actually upgraded Dallas off that game, which I can totally buy that. I, that, that, makes, that makes sense in my head. Yep. Like they, they played a decent game. Defensively, especially. Yeah, and their defense really looked a lot better than I thought they were going to. So, yep, Dallas is an upgrade here. It's tough to lay this many points with a team where you don't know what you're going to get out of. But like we've talked with Buffalo, not only an easy schedule, and historically easy schedule. And they're, I mean, they're, they're not good. They're, yeah. they're a playoff team, but they're, they're not that great of a team. Yeah, I think if Dallas Josh hasn't – doing just enough to not lose games and the defense coming through. Yeah. I think if Dallas has an average day on special teams, they beat the Patriots. Uh, I think that um, long term, and again, I'm this is this is a little reachy, I have to say, um, and it's because of this next topic we're going to bring up. But I feel like all of the scrutiny on Garrett this week will make him better in the short medium term, right? Like. Some of this, you know, the the the, um, the writers, the journalists asking him these questions about his play sequencing, his decisions to go for things like that, and then the blowback and the feedback and sort of the the echo chamber that's now kind of, you know, talking about this. I suspect we'll have, you know, some positive impact on Garrett's decision making this season. Um, I mean, I don't think he's stupid. I think he's, you know, he's he's managed to keep himself employed by Jerry Jones for 10 years. So he obviously has some strategic bone in his body. Um, does do, do number one, do you, have you had enough of sort of the discussion about uh, his decision-making and going, you know, kicking the field goals when he kicked them, especially that one late in the game where you're giving Tom Brady the ball back with the opportunity to just run out the clock. Um, and uh, instead of going for the touchdown to tie yeah, and from in from an analytical standpoint, it didn't drop. I read a good article on this. It didn't drop the win probability all that much. I talked to somebody about that too, as far as when your win probability is already low, you know, dropping one percent, does it mean more or less? And it, it is we came to the conclusion it's still linear. One percent is one percent. But when you're I mean, I think when your win probability is that low, I think maybe the one percent it still does mean a little more. You got to take the chance there. Man, yeah, I just the opportunity. They, never the opportunity gonna, cost never is bigger. Though. Back. Yeah, the opportunity you, yeah. cost is huge. Yeah. You might never get the ball back. They barely did. There were some weird calls. There were some bad calls. Obviously, the NFL came out and said they were bad calls. But yeah, I would have fourth and seven isn't easy. But I mean, turning the one score game into a one score game when you have not made it down the field very much. Like how many more uh, you're expecting maybe one more drive and that's the furthest you've gotten into enemy territory all, all, all the game. 
Yeah, the problem was on that the, sequence of four downs. The pro- the, yeah, the oh, problem yeah. is second, well, I don't the, even want to get into the second and third. Yeah, down. right, right, right. And I think uh, you know somebody asked him. I thought a pretty smart question about that, and he gave you know, and he kind of looked to me at least like his facial reaction was like, oh, light bulb went off a little bit. Like, yeah, like he obviously had decided long before it got to fourth and seven that he was okay with going for a field goal on that drive. That was his his mindset was already made up. If you're calling, you know, if you're sequencing your plays, your way you're sequencing them so that if you, you know, once you're in field goal range, you kind of pull your, put your foot off the gas and you're, you know, you're not trying to get yourself into position where you know you're going to go for it. Like, yeah, you've already made your decision. And I think, you know, to a degree, I, I hope that uh, these kind of real time lessons and sort of the feedback that Garrett is getting from, uh, you know, some really smart and insightful questions and comments from the media so you know hat tip to the buff to the dallas media who knew that they had uh, uh the cojones to go after the coach like this but um i, I enjoyed the, the back and forth i think they benefit long term and even beyond this game where i think there is some value on dallas i think there's value on the over too but we'll get we'll circle back on this i mostly want to hear your take on if dallas is live for the uh for the nfc title live is a relative term but the number's wrong. Okay. With, an off, what, with an offense what? this good, yeah. I mean, we, we we both guessed at this number. We had this conversation, and then I, I pulled a Zach Morris timeout and said, what the what are we doing talking? You can't have a conversation without a price. So sure. we need we need a price. And we both guessed at it. And we said, I don't know, eight, eight or ten to one to win the NFC. And I found a twelve to one. Okay. So we, yeah. we were more than happy to I would have fired entertain it. it. Yeah. yeah, we we were more than happy to entertain the notion of betting on the Cowboys to win the NFC at eight to ten to one. So twelve to one is a lovely number. There's some great um, Cowboys versus you got Cowboys versus Patriots and Cowboys versus Ravens at twenty eight and thirty to one at one book as far as exact matchups. Like there's some ways to attack the Cowboys. And I mean I'll let you kind of break down the 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 path. But in, yeah, the, that's in, the, in the playoffs, yeah, in that's the, the path is enormous. But I mean having offensive weapons and an offense that can get it done is going to be what what gets through the playoffs. You have yeah, to be I think to um today's NFL. So from a path standpoint, I see Dallas on a collision course course with San Francisco in round two. Mm-hmm. And I like them in that spot because they're going to be going up against Jimmy Garoppolo in his first ever playoff start. That's going to be awfully tough for him. Uh, and you have a legitimate offense to test the uh, the San Francisco defense. It's probably going to be decent weather in San Francisco in January. This sets up for, you know, for – uh, you know, for a nice spot for Dallas. And really they have to, they're going to have to get by Seattle likely. I think, um, you know, the, the NFC playoff picture is crystallizing a little bit. I think Seattle re- relatively likely to end up with uh, 12-ish wins uh, and get the five seed, which would lock them in with Dallas as the four seed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, winner would go to San Francisco to take on uh, untested Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think this sets up well for Dallas to at least make the NFC title game. 12 to 1, I'm going to take that shot. And honestly, I can't tell you who I'm especially scared about them running into in the NFC title game. I would love to see a Vikings Cowboys rematch. <laughs> it's not crazy. No, I know, but give me that. Yeah, I mean, over, we know over 50, Drew Brees. Over 51? Okay. Drew Brees is in his dead arm against uh, a very live Dak Prescott in the Superdome. Oh, I was that'd just be, talking about a, a tough fun contest. Matchup. Yeah, fun matchup for sure. 
for sure. That'd be a great, great, uh, a great rematch. That Sunday night football game was a lot of fun. Um, and obviously, hopefully, you know, Jason Garrett will have learned his lesson. But yeah, I think at 12 to 1, this is a lot of value on Dallas to win the NFC. I really do. I think the path is good for them. A lot of things can change, obviously, but we sit with uh, five games left to play. Uh, and I think, um, I think the like, you know, if they, if the path manifests where they, because it, it, it only gets better. Like if Seattle drops to the sixth seed, then, you know, you get a, a lesser opponent like uh, Green Bay or um, I don't even know who else was, is really in the mix here. The Rams, Rams are done. The you know, Panthers we talk are path. done. Yeah. We talked yeah. path, but man, there's a lot that can happen still. Between, yeah. between the one and the five seed right now, or let, let's take Dallas out, take Dallas completely out of the mix and just say the other three division champs and then the two wild cards, it's very close. It's very tight between those teams right now. There's not a lot separating, you know, Seattle. Seattle's going to be your five. Your, Seattle, Minnesota, Green Bay should be your sixth seed. And there's not a lot that separates them from the top two seeds. You yeah. Know, any of those wild cards, who's in the wild cards right now, could have a first-round buy. So a lot of things can happen yet, but, yeah, I think 12 to 1's value, and I'm half-tempted with Dallas here in the game. Six, yeah. six and a half, teasing it, money line parlay, whatever. Okay, so um, Dallas traditionally plays pretty well in the spot. Um, Buffalo is a little out of, out of their element. Like all, you know, we haven't really seen Buffalo with all of the spotlight on them this season. Uh, although I will note it that uh, if you kind of dig into the numbers and the analytics a little bit, pretty clearly Sean McDermott is not a dummy. He is doing some pretty smart things from a coaching standpoint. Um, there's been Buffalo money that had showed up early and pushed this number down to six and a half, uh, which is a little surprising. That could be a setup for all I know. Uh, I think Dallas is the right side at six and a half, especially uh, seven is a little tighter. Um, but I really am kind of zeroed in on this over. And a lot of my thinking here is the Dallas offense is absolutely live. Buffalo has a fine defense, but they have some weaknesses. Um, pretty clearly, uh, Philadelphia took advantage of some of their weaknesses um, to a degree. Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland only scored what nineteen points against Buffalo, but how many how many red zone fails did they have in that one? A couple, right? <laughs> a couple. <laughs> you were on Buffalo that day, right? Yeah. What did you, What did you What do you think? What was What the was the, what was, what was the What was the reasonable correct score of that game? How many points should Cleveland have had? A lot more. I shouldn't have gotten a push. <laughs> so, I guess does this set up similarly to that game? where Dallas is going to be able to dictate, put pressure on Buffalo, uh, you know, control, control the clock, control the ball, um, and, uh, you know, run down their throats to a degree. I mean, their, their weaknesses is kind of the soft, squishy middle. Soft, squishy. I like that. We might have to get, we need to get a patent lawyer up in here because we say some stuff <laughs> that we, we should be probably trademarking. But anybody, that's, that's open domain right now, soft, squishy middle. Yeah, coverage-wise, Buffalo is good. But, again, if you're looking at some of these maybe rankings, whether it's PFF or just yards per game or anything like that, Buffalo is a good defense. But just like their record, it may be a little overblown based on the you know, the quality of opponent they've played. Sure. Like they're probably a, still a top-ten defense just instead of a top-three you know, defense. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Um, I love the connection between Prescott and Gallup right now. That's electric. Yes. Cobb has emerged even could come back from the dead career career resurrected here, which is incredible. Do we think Cooper is going to be healthy? That's a little speculative. Is he ever? I think he's going to be know. that. He's going to be that guy for the rest of the year that misses practices and plays at eighty percent for the rest of the year. He's, he's going to go full Julio. Yeah. Okay. Um, in that case, uh, I'm seeing Dallas at twenty eight points, which the entire question then becomes: Does Buffalo get to twenty? Yeah. You're worried about him getting to twenty? I thought we just said the Dallas defense looked pretty good against the Patriots. Yeah, they upgraded them. I would, so I basically upgraded to the tune of I'm not worried about covering six and a half, but I'm also not expecting them to just go out there and put on a you know put on a show and smother uh, Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Buffalo yeah. Bills they have some nice they have some nice packages. They're they're different, right? Like they're weird. Like it's not it's not uh, uh, terribly unlike what. Um, you know, what happens when you run up against like the Baltimore Ravens, like it's a very different type of offense relative to everything else you face this year. And so you're going to have a little bit of difficulty adjusting. I think Dallas, uh, the defense, if the defense that we saw for Dallas that played against the Vikings shows up, then this thing finishes in the fifties. Yeah, that's true. But again, uh, unless I continue to not say too many nice things about Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins and the receiving core are a lot better than what uh, Buffalo's going to throw out there for a passing game. That's true. I'm, I'm not 100%. I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. I'm not getting in the boat, though. Okay. Not 100%. Right. In. It, it's, a, it's a low enough number where I get where you're at, but I'm not excited about it. Okay. If you, get, if you can get under – if you can get a flat 45 at least. I wouldn't bet this at 45 and a half at, where it is in a couple books. Make yeah, sure I mean the 25. over. The over entirely depends on Buffalo being live, like being in the game, being able to go score for score. Yeah, it was kind of like the times. Cleveland, the Cleveland uh, Miami game. Yeah, like, I don't know why we didn't bet Cleveland too, but it was like <laughs> Cleveland's going to get there. This is such a get right game for Cleveland. I yeah. just need Miami to get to fourteen. Yeah, and they had no pass rush, so we felt like yeah, that's doable. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I think this sets up well for an over. I'm going to play it. Uh, I'm looking at 45 and a half or 46-ish. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think Dallas gets to 28 here. And I think Buffalo, we just need them to get to 20. With that said, let's move to the nightcap, where I don't think points are going to be uh, the order of the day. In fact, I think we're talking about points as a premium. Are you in an airport? I'm next to an airport, and uh, I'm getting dive bombed. Sorry about that. Um, B-52? It's, you know, there's like, I'm in Orange County. There's like a bunch of rich assholes around that like fly like these uh, like old school planes out of the uh, John Wayne Airport just because they have the time and the money. I think a lot of <laughs> people think you're the rich asshole from California. <laughs> Who, me? Where's your, where's your plane? This is All crazy. Right. Nightcap. Uh, I, think I bet, this is be I bet we thought better. this was a lot cooler of a game preseason than we do now. <laughs> oh, I was excited about this one oh, preseason. I, I was like, too. I was like, circle that one. Your NFC South is going to be decided on Thanksgiving night. Well, it turns out it is because if New Orleans gets a win, they clinch the NFC South. Atlanta's season has gone terribly awry. That defense came back to earth in a hurrah against James Winston. 
uh, and an actual deep passing threat team. The question I have, and we talked about on Sunday, like, yeah, this is a good revenge spot for New Orleans. We were being a little cheeky, but I think we were basically saying, yeah, they've, you know, they should have taken some important lessons out of that game three weeks ago, and they should be much more well prepared for this match. But I really don't know if they can attack Atlanta where it hurts with the way Drew Brees is passing right now. And their defense is missing pieces. Their offensive line has taken some hits. I think this is going to be a pretty ugly game with Atlanta staying inside the number for most for the most part. Do you want to warn me off of either taking the points with Atlanta or betting the under in this one before we go any farther in this handicap? I would caution because of, I mean, just because of the coaching and wherever Atlanta's at right now. Uh, it That's is fun too. You, you did you did put a little a little teaser on that. I didn't mention that. There are teams that can clinch playoff spots. We're getting that time of year. We have playoff oh, yeah. scenarios. New, yeah, New Orleans, uh, New England, and San Francisco can clinch essentially with wins. I think one needs a, a little bit of help from another team. But, yeah, we're getting to that time of year. Like you said, New Orleans. New Orleans is kind of in a dogfight for the two seed now. Yeah, except that they were lucky as hell to even be in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, they got all those wins. With Drew Brees out, now he's back. He's not looking great, but they're still picking up wins. This is – we're not going to say the R word. There will be no revenge talk. It's business as usual. It, I mean, New Orleans just needs to win against an inferior team here. I I don't mind the under because in a game like this on a short week, don't you just want to get the win and get out of there? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you? I like, and, the, I, guess, I like the under more than the Atlanta play, just because. Okay. I don't it's know forty-eight about, and a half. That's oh, still man. above Atlanta a key number. Two, Atlanta got two picks early against yeah. Jameis, and still kind of got. Well, yeah, because they have Godwin and and they have uh, and Evans and James yeah. Winston can throw a precision pass twenty yards. Drew Brees cannot. This is true. And I and also would say James that Winston one of the better one of the Brees. weird and they have Vita Vea. You know, one of the. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the huge differentiating factor in the passing game for the Tampa Bay Bucks is Vita Vea. That's a great point. Um, Matt Ryan and uh, the Atlanta offense um, they can they can put some pressure on the scoreboard. That spooks me a little bit. Um, but I guess I'm really I'm liking the under and I'm liking Atlanta here because I don't think New Orleans goes out there and scores 31. This is they've lost now. Pete and Armstead. So you've missed, you're missing two really important pieces on your offensive line. Their center is a rookie. He's been playing out of his mind this year, but now you're going to actually have to ask him to do more. He could be hitting the rookie wall anytime soon. Uh, and uh, in the first matchup, Grady Jarrett was a freaking monster. He was the single most important piece on the field for the Atlanta defense and really decided a lot of that game. I felt like he was in Drew Brees' face all damn day. I think this sets up pretty well for Atlanta to be uh, a spoiler again. And, oh, by the way, Saints looking up, looking at their schedule, if they're thinking like patting themselves on the back, like, hey, we're going to go get this win and avenge our loss and win the NFC South, uh, and then we're going to go take on the Niners next week. Right? Like, this is not a great spot for them with the Niners on deck. Yeah, kind of a little bit of a look ahead. I do like this under. I like the under a lot more just because I don't how, – how can I put trust in Atlanta? I don't know. I remember Atlanta last year fumbling on the goal line like three times in this game. 
How many points did they? I mean, how many points did they put up last week? Atlanta. Yeah. Well, some of it was garbage match job points, but I think they got twenty-two, right? I don't even remember it being that much. Maybe I'm, yeah, it was twenty-two. I'm thinking with the other game. They got garbage six at the end, though, with uh, Matt Schaub to Calvin Ridley on fourth and 30 or something dumb. Yeah, which that's why, God, fantasy football is just the dumbest. I won it's a match. so dumb. I won a matchup <laughs> on the, that fourth down pass to Robert Woods. Oh, my After goodness. the game was that's long so over. Dirty. By oh, like that's a so point. dirty. It's oh, such that's a dirty. So dirty. And I'm, I thought to myself, I'm like, this is so stupid. I wasn't even excited. I felt bad because I know the other guy takes it kind of serious <laughs> like my team was way worse mm, okay. um yeah I, I don't mind this under i see where you're coming from i could be talked into a little bit i wouldn't like both dallas and new orleans i'm a little scared to lay the points with these teams oh hell yeah yeah i mean does the uh i guess just real quick because it's going to be such a narrative that gets floated this week what do you make of sort of how the market is preparing for dallas new orleans moneyline parlors yeah, they're gonna get a few. I would jack up like, you know, they are they are separate markets and they will move, but they're they're correlated. Obviously, there's some correlation. I would jack up these money lines just to make people pay for it. If you do want to play the you know the squares, the squares parlay on Thursday. Yeah, you tease yep. these guys then. Yep. Well, yeah, and you should. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was bye week picks chimed in on that. He said, yeah, you should just tease these. And it's not a long teaser, and I, that, I said that makes me itchy, but it's a much better move because the odds of having a tie or a one-point win are low enough to more than pay for the juice. Because the money I'm seeing six-and-a-halfs in a couple places. Yeah, you could probably find two six-and-a-halfs if you can find a 110 teaser. That's the move because the money line parlay is closer to minus 135. Yeah. So you're paying, you're paying 25 cents to protect yourself against a tie. <laughs> we already had one of those yeah. this year so we're not going to have another one probably right yeah um i'm just kidding uh anyway uh it's on to good, Sunday. yeah it's a good uh okay i think that i think we we settled on some good looks there um i'm probably gonna check it out and skip the night game i, I may voluntarily take another atlanta suspension this week these dogs uh, are barking <laughs> um okay Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Green Bay. Kick us off. Kick us off. Green Bay, Green Bay, who lost a piece of the offensive line, is playing the back-to-back road game. The offense looks terrible. Question marks about the quarterback being good anymore. But luckily, luckily, they get to play the Giants. It is a back-to-back road game, but, I mean, they're a cold-weather team going to another cold-weather team. There's enough experience where I don't know if this back-to-back roadie is going to hurt him all that much. That said, there's no chance I can lay these points. The Giants' defense didn't look terrible. It was against Mitch and the gang, but still, this is this got crossed off in a hurry. In a in a big hurry. This is where I lean towards the under. The under's already gotten hit. I kind of missed the best of the number. It's open 46 and a half some places. There's 45s popping. It's a juicy 45 to the over at Pinnacle. I think I missed my boat. This is one I won't watch. I don't know if you have anything on this. Green Bay, Green Bay needs it. And if anything, Green Bay needs this game 
very badly. The Giants have lost seven straights. I didn't realize that till now, but in what world am I laying uh, six and a half right now? Yeah, not on them. On the not on them. Not on them. Um, and I don't know this is a bummer, like. man. I don't think it's going to be too bad or too windy. The only bad weather game at the moment, I believe, is the Carolina-Washington game. Um, I would say this stinks <laughs> because I kind of had the Giants circled here as frisky, and I was hoping that we would get an honest effort out of Green Bay on Sunday Night Football so that we would get a seven-and-a-half-ish here. Mm-hmm. Um, six is really asking a lot <laughs> in terms of putting faith in Daniel Dimes not to fumble the ball, uh, give give a, give a short fields to Green Bay. And, um, and yeah, you're right. This is a degree – to a degree, this is a get-right spot for Green Bay's offense. If their first 15 script works, which it has a lot this season, especially against bad teams, then they can play from ahead and play keep away. And you're going to be praying for a backdoor cover from the Giants, which they've gotten a couple times. It's worth noting. They've come away with a couple of backdoor covers. Um, I don't love this matchup at all for Green Bay. Uh, there's a lot of things here that I think favor, uh, you know, favor the Giants being competitive. I looked kind of hard at the over because I think the Green Bay defense is super, super suspect. Um, and if Danny Dimes is turning the ball over and giving Rogers short fields, then this thing flies over 45. Um, probably not going to bet this game, but. They are daring you, daring you, daring you to lay the points with Green Bay. <laughs> That's yeah, and it is such is a, taken, it is such a perception is, thing. Yeah. Going this, from the best defensive front in the league to some of the worst linebackers you'll play all season. Yeah, Green Bay will get some points. Green Bay will likely win. If you're still alive and in a survivor, it's not the dumbest thing if you have Green Bay no. still sitting out there, but. Do you uh, like, do you I'm, think I'm, the cross uh, Do you look at the market here and and, and read read this as Green Bay? I mean, as uh, the, the books are taking a position on New York. I have the number pretty close. I mean, it, I, okay. I have it like nine out of neutral. Wow, it's, really? Oh man. I, I mean, guess just, I, I guess yeah. I mean, I don't think much of Giants, but it sounds like you have Green Bay a little higher. Than well, Green. no, Green. I mean, Green Bay is not very high. It's just the Giants are incredibly low. I think they're like the fourth lowest team for me. Mm, okay. Like nine nine on a neutral is pretty fair. Okay. And but can you imagine betting like minus twelve and a half in Green Bay? Oh my God, we'd be taking those points. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Well, road field advantage and all. Yeah, yeah Green, right. Green Bay wins. <laughs> Green Bay wins might not cover. No interest in this one. Miss the okay. under. So we go down to Carolina, where I mentioned the weather might be nasty. Oh, and and, it, uh, did, it did say the Meadowlands might see some rain and snow on Sunday. Oh, that'd be fun. Be I'll fun. cross my fingers for that for their entertainment value. Um, otherwise, I probably won't be watching much of that game. Uh, Washington, Carolina, two afterthoughts this is yeah again we're kind of now into the territory of the season where i don't think either of these teams has a very legitimate chance at um making the playoffs i think carolina gave us their super bowl effort last week and kicker joey sly let him down uh, be sure to go to twitter and at joey sly and give him your thoughts if you were a carolina money linebacker last week because he really screwed you um washington feels live at plus 10 this is a spot where I feel like they're daring, daring you to take the points. I know Haskins is coming off his first career win. Um, this is a little bit of a territorial battle, at least in terms of like fandom. 
right? Like Carolina came in uh, to the uh, North Carolina market and that was all Redskin country. Uh, no pun intended back in the day. And um, yes, <laughs> Thanksgiving week. Well, excuse me. That was all uh, first people's country uh, back in the day. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, there should be some way to motivate this Washington team coming off that win. Um, I don't think they've all quit. Obviously, it looked like the team was pretty fired up. Uh, Haskins is not great, but you can still move the ball and score against this Carolina defense. Um, any interest in taking the 10 points here? I would be lying if I told you I didn't think about it. <laughs> McLaurin is... He's awesome. He's so good. And he's one of those where we have players like this all over the league every year. It's like, man, if this was, if he was in a better scheme or if this quarterback had receivers, if this receiver had a quarterback, if he was on another team, he's going to a Pro Bowl. He is, he is beating good cover corners. He's running great routes. He's getting, I mean, he's beating people and he just doesn't have a quarterback this year. That said, Washington. I missed on it last week. I leaned a little that way, looked at it for a long time, didn't take it. I guess I'm kind of glad I didn't have to sweat through that game. But if you had the points there, you're feeling pretty good the whole game. Carolina came back to earth a little, had a nice bounce back off the earth. But I'm I'm not a believer in this team, especially for where they sit right now. Um, Washington's run defense versus McCaffrey and McCaffrey getting the ball in space and running it on, you know, short passes and screens. Uh, that's probably going to be the difference. I don't know. If, if you want to take the points, you got to be comfortable with McCaffrey hurting you a little and just hope he doesn't absolutely destroy you. I'm going where do we got him for rush defense? Uh, oh, not great, Bob. Middle of the pack-ish. Yeah, and it's it's an okay defense. They're a two and nine team for a reason. I guess if you yeah. want to take these points, you you need to. I guess you need to hope that Adrian Peterson gets right. He didn't look good last week. I think his yards per carry were under three. That's not good. I guess uh, what do we got for a rush defense rank for Carolina? Carolina is. Lower third of the league, maybe an Adrian Peterson game where he he does better than he did last week, gets off the ball a little, and they use him extensively. They're still using him extensively. They're using the run game just like Callahan said he would. If they can play a little keep away, win time of possession, and score on a couple of those drives, definitely live to stay within the 10. The implied score in this, if you break down the total in the spread, mm-hmm. is uh, 25-15. Either of those numbers sound out of whack to you? Obviously, they're weird numbers. Yeah, I think that's where if you do go with a heavy dose of run from Washington, which they will, and they have any degree of success offensively like that, and they get to 10, 14 points, I don't know if Carolina gets to 24 just based on lack of opportunities. Yeah, I feel like the floor for Washington is like 17 or 20. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm putting it up there. It's like in the middle. That's like the that's like counter height for me. Okay. Okay. Neither for floor nor ceiling. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't have a ton of respect for Carolina's defense anymore. No. Um, Corn Elder can suck it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to marinate on this one more. I may play the. I may play the plus ten. Who is that? A Thanksgiving joke? No. Which one? Marinate. Marinate. <laughs> uh, I will this... tell you, I'm not doing turkey for Thanksgiving. We're hosting this year, and I, I get to choose the menu, and I am not doing turkey. So I'm doing there will be there will be some will there will be some menu? there'll be some braising. I'm doing like a short rib Ooh. ragu. It's going to be sick. Um, I hate short ribs. Oh, you're a maniac. You are a maniac. Short ribs are the best. Too fast. Um, well, you're not cooking them for long enough. You gotta you really, you really gotta have to render. You, you really, really have to have render, render that, that fat that. out. Yeah, so. Absolutely. You do. Anyway, um, am I looking at this next line right? Baltimore's only laying five and a half. <laughs> the team that is just destroying souls right now. Um, both of these teams kind of destroyed souls last week. I still think they have yet to reach their ceiling. Price wise, but they have getting damn close with this, laying this many points, and it's at home. It's a tough spot for San Francisco. This is a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast to play a noon game. Yes, that is a traditionally tough spot. I did a little googling in the SQ and the D and the L, and it's like a forty-five, forty-six percent against the spread angle. If you take all the West Coast teams and say, "How did they do?" I mean, I, let me pause you right there for a second, because in general, this is a narrative that has gotten so widely beaten into people's mm-hmm. heads that it's been totally built into the number generally. But I think in this matchup, it's not right. No, because San Francisco just, I mean, perception on both of these teams is super high. San Francisco just beat the tar out of a team. Baltimore. I mean, they bought ended a franchise last night. That was pathetic. And I think, the biggest thing for me that's going to separate these two teams, and I mean, if you want to look at this with a standard home field, you're saying Baltimore's two, two and a half points better. Everybody wants to talk about the MVP and Lamar and breaking the rushing record, and he's he's throwing the ball pretty well too, and everything's working out, and they're making plus EV decisions. They're going for it on fourth downs. They're getting it. They have a solid kicker, but nobody has really talked about the defense. Yeah, it's got better. Peters and Jimmy Smith right now are playing at a high level. This Can defense, they contain George Kittle, though? I think they'll do a better job than the secondary Green Bay will. That's a great point. The blitzing, the blitzing is great. The blitzing schemes are smart. I mean, you saw Jimmy Smith come with that blitz early on in the game where, I mean, they obviously hadn't seen that one drawn up before because nobody even came close to putting a hat on him. He tiptoed up to Goff and just laid him down. I mean, they, they had a few picks. Granted, it's Goff. I'm not, I'm not saying Jimmy G is all that much better. He hasn't been a really good quarterback. He makes, some, he makes some questionable decisions. San Francisco's really kind of played on the strength of their defense, and Jimmy G not making too many mistakes. So uh, I'm not going to lay the points of Baltimore here, but there's no chance I'm betting against them. This is a this is a, a game. I'll I'll bet on other noon games and then watch this one. Can you explain to me why after getting rewarded so, um, so perfectly last night by betting on Baltimore, you're not going back to the well at this number? I, I mean, just, get, let me let me let me break it down more. San Francisco, we saw them go to, to go to the Rams and they eked out. They they uh, they smothered them defensively, but they only scored mm-hmm. like twenty points. San Francisco struggled with Seattle. Ended up losing in overtime. Baltimore handled them effortlessly. I think it's the team speed up front. 
I don't know that Baltimore will be able to go and do the same thing in the running game. There's just there's too much speed in the front. I mean, the gang tackling. Go watch that Green Bay game again. You'd have – I mean, one was a penalty, but I counted nine guys around a ball carrier once he got to the linebacker level. They run to the ball. They gang tackle. They tackle efficiently. And, I mean, there's just so much speed. You're not going to be able to run some of the scheme you were against – you know, Aaron Donald, great player, but there's some there's some iffy pieces there in the middle, I think, on, on the Rams' defense. And that's a good defense. And maybe I'm talking myself out of this, but I don't want to lay that points here. It's kind of a come-down spot. This is such an important game. If Baltimore blows the doors off of this, Jesus, I don't know what we'll do with them. I'll feel yeah, I don't know about the come-down spot, really. I mean, San Francisco's defense, as good as they are, as fast as their front seven is, they struggled with Russell Wilson. They struggled, they struggled with Kyler, with Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Should we just bet it? I want to. Don't think I don't want to. I don't think. <laughs> I feel like it should be seven. I don't know yeah. why it's five and a half. Did you just talk me into a bet? I honestly, I thought we were going to wake up this morning and see sevens. It's six. It's six across the board. <sighs> they covered. No, they covered the five so easily against Houston at home two weeks ago. They're running an offense that's so different and so difficult to prepare for, even if you have an all-universe defense. I, I guess – let me see if there's another angle on this. So what's, what I took away mostly from the San Francisco ass-kicking of Green Bay, my number one takeaway was that their coverage was better than I had given them credit for. They were really, really on those receivers to the degree where the windows were so tight that Aaron Rodgers wasn't willing to take the chances to try to hit those windows, and he had one of his worst games as, as a, you know as a quarterback this season. Okay, and I attribute that to I had underrated how good the coverage for the Niners was. They have a lot of defensive backs; they're all playing well, uh, and because their front seven is so dominant, you can do um, you know some more innovative coverage schemes in a way that uh, makes it tough on a passer, which I think sets up to stymie Jackson's passing game a little. Any agreement there? Yeah. I mean, that the wide receivers and tight ends for Baltimore, I mean, they're generally – I wouldn't put them in the upper echelon. I don't think you know they're what, break, they're not breaking coverage. You What's know what? I want to bet here, San Francisco team total under. Oh, there's a nice look. I was just thinking the full game under, honestly. Yeah, 23 minus three. So it's going to be like a 20, 20 and a half. Because, like, they're not, they're not yeah. going to have the ball that much. If Baltimore goes yeah, on these right. long extended drives, and I don't think it's going to be big kind of coverage. Yeah, I'm not seeing big passing plays. And I'm like, I'm not seeing home runs in this one. This no. feels like a singles bunts kind of uh, field position, kicking field goals sort of a, a game. A lot of baseball analogies today. I know. Well, I uh, can't explain that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of like this under. 45, 46, that seems a little too high. I feel like it should maybe, be a 44. Maybe it's because Sam Darnold got to third base with some girl after the game. <laughs> we'll get to Sam Darnold in a minute. <laughs> uh, he probably got a home run. Who are we oh, kidding? Oh, yeah, I would um, think so. I think he's a closer. <laughs> he made it home. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, are yeah. Baltimore in the under correlated? That's not a bad call. I mean, we're, I think we're talking ourselves into a look here on San Francisco team total under, and I don't think it's bad. Um, San Francisco is not going to be able to run on Baltimore, nope. right? 
Yeah, this Baltimore defense is it's it's stupid that nobody's talking about it because it is quietly becoming a very really big, good it's becoming <laughs> yeah. a very big factor. Screwed us out of our over last night in the second half. Mm-hmm. Two red two red zone picks. Yeah. In the second well, half for that defense, unit. That defensive secondary is something else right now. So yeah. 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 I, I want to bet the six. I want mm-hmm. to. It's just it's 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 overpriced a little bit at this point. All right. I'm gonna watch this frame. market. I'm gonna watch this market. I may come in on the under, if anything. Um I may come in on Baltimore too. If this comes back down to four and a half. Or I mean, it's going the other way, so maybe it's going two six and a half. But um, I'm thinking about Baltimore. I'm thinking about the under, and I agree. Your look on San Francisco team total under makes total sense to me. What's that number going to be? It's going to be like twenty two and a half. Twenty two. Oh, twenty. Twenty. Okay. Well, you're looking at a forty six, so that's twenty three minus three. Yeah. Okay. Twenty. Yeah. That's going to be a little snuggly. That's going to be a little snuggly. Snuggly, yeah. Okay. Although I like the full game under, I mean, I, honestly, I think this is. I, I think that the losing team in this one is is in the teens. I Baltimore. don't think this is Baltimore first half minus three and a half. Uh, that's that's not a bad look. But I like that one. Um, okay, I will set where, this next where one. Where does that take us? This is a this is an elimination game. Period. Loser is out. Loser is out of the mix. Loser goes home. Loser goes home. Loser, loser may be home. I'm sad to say on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty tighty. Titans are taking on the Colts in Indy. The only thing going for the Indianapolis Colts is they have ten days to prepare for this one. Frank Reich, I felt like got outcoached by Bill O'Brien on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Tennessee, uh, while not doing anything spectacular, um, has a live arm. At the QB position, and Indianapolis, the like if I'm going, you know, full on like defending, uh, if I'm going full on defending uh, Frank Reich to my death. Then I'm saying, well, yeah, he ran the ball so much against the the, uh, the Texans because he was afraid of his pass defense getting exposed, and they got exposed anyway, and that's what cost him the game. I think Tannehill and company can do a pretty meaningful recreation of that scene. Uh, against this Indy defense. And if the only thing that scares me a little bit about back in Tennessee in here is that you just see a heavy dose of uh, of Henry and Leonard swallows him up because the Indianapolis linebacker, linebacking core, specifically Darius Leonard, I find to be way more uh, effective at run stopping than anything that Jacksonville has had out there as Jacksonville has gotten exposed in the run game now two weeks in a row. Um do you have a general feel for Tennessee Indy? Uh, do you let's assume for the sake of argument that T.Y. Hilton plays and he's less than 100%. Let's assume for the sake of argument that Jacoby Brissett goes out there and he has the same limitations in the passing game that he had against Houston. Uh, let's uh, uh, we don't we know Marlon Mack's not going to be there, but that doesn't matter because the offensive line is what's wagging the dog for the Indianapolis run game. Um, healthier team team with a little momentum team with a more effective quarterback all check boxes for Tennessee in this one uh do they continue their march in this this quiet march to the playoffs for the Tennessee Titans or does Indy get back on track with a win it comes down to the passing game for Indy because it is a really good rush defense 
like and you know with the injuries and the downgrade and nothing against Williams and the other guys, the Wilkins and Namin Hines. I don't know, say all Hines. They're all good running backs, but Marlon Max missed. That sucks. They are, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. They know they're going to have to throw the ball. If T.Y. Hilton's healthy, she's already there's already quotes out there saying I, I'm going to try to play. I Ebron's think, done for the year too, right? Ebron's done for the year. I think he plays. I think you have a decent uh, passing game. Brissett's capable of it, and Tennessee is lower third of the league in you know coverage plus pass rush. They uh, ah, dude, I don't know, man. I, I I'm not sold on their them, you know, as a pass defending team. I'm not saying Indy's live to win this game. I'm on the over. Like I took oh, okay. this over. Oh, I, took wow. this, I took this over off the get go because I think Tennessee is gonna get theirs. I'm pretty I'm pretty dead set on it. In fact, I think they they know exactly what they are now on offense with Tannehill. They've looked a, they look like a team with a little bit of like a little bit of swagger, a little bit of confidence, like they can play well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with everything you said, but I'm just going to take the over because I don't think they're going to do all that well against Tennessee, against an Indianapolis passing game at home that has shown it can play well if it has a you know a few of the pieces together. You get Jacoby another week back off the injury. I, I don't see both teams not getting the twenty here pretty easily. I'm worried about Indy man, big time. I believe in Arthur Smith, and I believe in Jacoby <laughs> Brissett. You're backing Arthur Smith not to run Derrick Henry into a stack box 50 times. You're backing Jacoby Brissett to throw to a wide receiving tight end core that includes Jack Doyle and a bunch of schmucks. Yeah. It's tough, man. The in, the, I agree. The, the I indie agree run, that, um, yeah. I'm not so worried about running Derrick Henry a lot. The Indy run defense hasn't been great. That's fair. I mean, it's bottom third of the league. Absolutely, that's where I have it. At. How many of those? How many of those poor performances though were without Darius Leonard? I think there yeah, were quite a few. I'm not. I'm not sure on the. And this is this is a tough one. And we're obviously recording this on a Tuesday to help you guys get it out early. This is a tough one for me. I grabbed it off the open at 43. It's up a half point. I don't think we see a huge move. I thought it'd go up a little. It's tough to do this without injury news. Two really bad like, kicking. Two really bad kicking games too. Oh, Finn, don't you say that about Vinatieri? You're just mad at Vinatieri this year, but yeah, I'm I'm on this over 43. I okay. I don't see both teams staying under 20. <sighs> that was my inclination as well, but I'm back. I'm 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 cooled off on that big time just because of the uh, the situation with the indie passing game. Um, yeah, Ebron doesn't help us. That sucks. No, 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 no. I, God, dude, if freaking T.Y. Hilton had caught either of the hand passes that hit him on the damn hands, then Indy wins that game against the Texans, and we're talking about them still alive for the AFC South, and I'm feeling a hell of a lot better about my preseason tickets. Um, okay. Let's move down to Philly, Miami. Give us the setup for this one. Oh, Miami. Oh, Philly, which seems looked worse in the last two weeks. Maybe offensively, <sighs> Philly. Last two weeks, the offense in Philly and the defense in Miami? Yeah. <sighs> we, did this, we did this with Cleveland, and we did it in, with an over. 
but boy, if there's a get right game, Miami has less of a pass rush than you and I, and we don't even have football teams. They are not getting any pressure on anybody, and their secondary is shit. If anybody is healthy in Philly and anybody is willing to extend their arms and catch a pass, Philadelphia should be able to get, just put this game away. I bet Philly minus eight. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I thought it'd go up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was fine. It was seven and a half at the time. I took a less juiced eight because I don't care between the difference between seven and a half and eight. It's up to nine, nine and a half at places. That's I, I believe that's the right way to bet this. Like Miami, it, it's in Miami. It's tough. To, it's not early season Miami, at least. You're not getting the heat and humidity down there. You get the nice weather. But, boy, it, if Carson Wentz has not heard enough already two weeks ago, last week has to be he has to be just sick of it because he is getting a shitload of criticism. I think Peterson is too, but – I, I don't know if he if he can't beat this Miami defense, if he can't put up like three touchdowns and three hundred yards against this secondary and this pass rush, maybe he's not the answer. Maybe he's not healthy. Maybe the scheme isn't right. Maybe something's wrong with him mentally because he's making some bad passes at times. I'm willing to ride with him here though. One last time, Carson Wentz. Um, it, we didn't say it when we were handicapping Dallas 12 to one to win the NFC. But as part of the reason that that number is so bettable is because Philadelphia is still alive to win the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Do you think they are alive to win the NFC East? Mm-hmm. What's going to, st- what's, what's stopping them? Like just all the bad things I said about them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't get to like, I'm betting on them, but they don't get to play Miami every week. They do get the giants twice. They do get the Redskins. But they have to play the Cowboys head-to-head later in this year. At home, right? At home. But they already lost the first one. And then, I mean, it is a semi-easy schedule. But then at the same time, Dallas gets to play the Bears, Redskins. Honestly, the Rams, as much as they were a preseason favorite, a preseason favorite to win their division, the Rams at home, that's a win for the Cowboys. Like The Rams, the, the Cowboys have a – Maybe not as easy even a schedule, but I see one loss for the Cowboys maybe. And unless that Cowboy losses to the Eagles, they're not losing this division. I don't think Philly gets back in this. But if you're Philly, you have to believe you can because they're looking at the schedule and saying, we can win every game from here on out. We just need to beat Dallas. Yeah, they're going to be favored in every game. A lot of those are going to be favored by double digits. They need all the easy ones, and they need to get it done at Dallas. I just don't think they have uh, the offense to keep up with Dallas with an improving Dallas secondary. So I'm, yeah, I'm on them here, but there. I'm on them here, but I wouldn't bet. It's a plus number right now to win the division. Dallas is anywhere between minus one fifty and minus two hundred to win the division. I still don't think it's unless you have a big fat number on Dallas from preseason and you want to buy off with some Miami or Philly, and even then, I'm I'm not doing it. Did uh, did the Philly defense prove anything to you playing against Seattle and Russell Wilson? I can't decide if it was just an off day for Russell or if it was the Philly defense, but Philly's defense, outside of you know the interior, there were some line, bad drops line, for yeah, the, wide receiver core. There kind of were. 
the linebacking core, it's not as bad as it was early in the year. The secondary is starting to figure it out a little. It's still not a good defense, but it's a defense that should be Miami. Is it a defense that holds Miami to three points? Kind of feels I like it. I don't know about that few, but yeah, Miami, Miami should have a bad day. I'm thinking Miami team total under is the way to attack this. In the same way that we were interested in Cleveland Miami over last week, because of the fact that Fitzpatrick was going to have time to operate, I think that goes away this week. I don't think Miami has easy scores, easy drives, easy points against this Philly defense. I think Philly's defense is improving faster than the market is catching up to, and I think under 45 is the play here. Yeah, it's 17 or so. 17, 17 and a half. Yeah, I think Miami's uh, Miami's going to look like the uh, Miami's going to look like the uh, the offense we saw earlier this season against some of the uh, some of the more competent defenses in the league. That, their offensive line sucks; they can't block anyone. Uh, and Philly's defensive line should dictate and stop Miami regularly in this spot. Um, this has a lot of whiffs of. Remember when Philly uh, hosted Luke Falk and the Jets? Oh my God! Yeah. This has a lot of those whiffs, doesn't it? Yeah, it's still like not a game I'll watch. Again, this is a noon game too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still gonna watch Baltimore game. I'm not watching I'm not watching any of these games I'm betting on. I'll watch the good one. Yeah. This has whiffs of uh of Philly the Jet versus the Jets, where this is a get right game, you know, get right get right spot for Philly. Big cover, they win regular relatively easily, and it never really threatens forty five in my opinion. Get their hopes up. <clears throat> okay. If Philly injury news on the offense trickles in good, positive stuff, like Lane Johnson's going, Alshon Jeffrey's going, uh, I'm going to start to be a little nervous about my under 45, but I, I, this is still probably one of the ones that I feel most solid about on the whole card this week. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Jacksonville. I do want to say, too, just yeah, just came in that the Baltimore center, he is out for the year. That doesn't Ooh. help. He broke, broke his ankle, broke his leg, lower leg? Knee injury. Knee injury. Ooh. Oh, damn. That's a bummer. He was yeah. playing great. He was second in the AFC in Pro Bowl voting. Fuck. Doesn't help. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Where are we going now? Florida? Florida I don't man. want that. Oh, let's, let's, call, let's, let's synthesize that a little. One more hot second here. Baltimore is going to have to beat Kansas City uh, at home in the second round of the playoffs. And now Chris Jones has an advantage matchup against your son. Is that problematic. I'm already nervous about Kansas City as a Baltimore ticket holder. I gotta tell you. Uh, I mean, Too early to it's... say if it means anything? Yeah, and who knows what the backup center looks like at this point either. I mean, we, we, saw, we yeah. saw him, but, but... I actually know it was encouraging. The first snap he did all game last year, they, they made him check and snap it to Lamar. And he yeah. fired that thing like like that was like a absolute beauty. He I guess I guess we, we can give know? him credit. I mean, he came in and probably had to put some hands on Aaron Donald. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on then to Tampa Bay Jacksonville, where Jameis Winston heads on the road to take on Nick Foles and is a dog. Huh? <laughs> what about Jacksonville and the way that they've played since going to London gives anyone any confidence in making them a favorite against any team in the NFL not named Miami or Washington or Cincinnati. 
Why is Jacksonville favored in this game? Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston can pass the ball. They Jacksonville has one outstanding player on defense at this point in in uh, Bowie. Uh, he can cover. He can only cover one of Evans and Godwin. Bad news for the Jags that he can only cover one of those guys. What uh, you know? What is the matchup here that, in any way, shape, or form, leads you know leans in favor of Jacksonville? And why are they still? They're still minus one. This hasn't flipped yet. We thought it was going to, but there's some resistance for some reason. Somebody out there has money on Jags. I don't know. Fools is back. Doesn't make a lick of sense to me. It's. I don't want to say it's like not as good of a defense as it's been in the past. It's been a bad defense. They're a bottom 10 defense. I mean, it's not bottom third, bottom 10. It's been rough. Like they're, they have not looked good. Where are you right now? What is going on? It's It's lunch. Oh, it's lunchtime. It's lunchtime here. Everybody's got their, everybody's got their lunch out. That was just, it was just really throwing me for a loop. I thought you were talking to somebody else just ignoring me, but yeah, Jacksonville's defense, not good. Jameis Winston, mistake-prone, but they have a lot of weapons. I took Tampa money line at a plus number because I couldn't not. They're a better team. They have a better offense. They have a better quarterback. Oh, man, that hurts my heart with his 20 interceptions. He's screwing up our, our Baker Mayfield. Yeah. It was looking so I, good. But I know. At, at this point, we can't even start a campaign to get him benched and get that home. It's too late. No, oh, it's too late. The dishes are done there. Um, yeah, just cover, coverage-wise, Jacksonville, like you said, they have – as, as a whole, they're not good. They can cover one guy. But as a you know, a matter of fact, you have two Pro Bowl receivers that he can't cover both. Somebody's going to hurt you. Jacksonville's rush defense is top-notch, top, top world at, at some points. Like, they can really, really stop the run. So for can, you reframe, major, can you repeat that? Did you say – Jacksonville's run defense? No, 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 no. Tampa, Tampa. Sorry. Okay, okay. Sorry. I, I, I might have misheard you, but I heard, but, uh, but that. I, yeah, I, I might. They're both yeah. in Florida. I might have said it wrong. But Tampa, <laughs> Tampa, and it's not that bad of a travel spot. If you no, Tampa if you, and Jacksonville, if, if you take these two teams and you constructed the optimal roster, they would be contending for an NFC title. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Jacksonville's rush defense is shit. Tampa Bay is in the other world, and the other hand is all top world. I said I didn't say all world, top world because that's top world. Yeah, top world. It's great. Fournette should not have much success. Tampa Bay should win this game unless Jameis throws five interceptions, which can happen. And I'm fully willing to accept that there'll be a much worse corner on one of his receivers, and he will throw away from that all day and throw five interceptions and cost me this bet. But it's still not a number I can't bet into. They're a better team. Jacksonville is trending down. No disagreement. I can't take a position on this one. I looked hard at the under, but the fact that uh, Nick Foles could have a breakout game and score on this very soft pass defense for Tampa Bay is too much for me to get involved in the total. Um, this entirely break, you know, this entirely plays into kind of game state you know if jacksonville gets out to a lead here tampa bay is going to go score for score with them and this is going to get the over easily um no no real interest in in getting involved in this one let's move on and talk about one we already bet lay it out did already bet it yeah this one got weird on us the jets opened three and a half i bet three and a half it moved up to four and a half and now we're right back where we started because andy dalton is back and when I talk about all-world rush defenses and top-world rush defenses, 
you definitely got to talk about the Jets. They're going to need Andy Dalton to do something because this is the best run defense in the league. They will stuff you at the line every time. I don't know what the plan is going to be here from Cincinnati. If they're going to say we're just going to have we're going to have to throw Andy Dalton back in the lineup and he's going to have to lead us to a, a victory, or maybe they're they're more than happy where they're at, getting that number one draft pick. I think they they wanted to kick the tires on Finley and see how he looked, and he doesn't look good. So now there's I guess it's time to draft Burrow or Herbert, whoever. So I think they're pretty well dicked in this game, no matter who they start at quarterback. I'm still riding this Jets train. Anything under six for me is a bet on the Jets, even with Dalton. Like, he should be an upgrade. I, I don't disagree with the adjustment. He's an upgrade over Finley just based on his experience, but I still don't think they, they have the pieces to be a streaking Jets team right now. Jamal Adams, stud. Sam Darnold, stud. He's going to watch out if you live in Cincinnati. <laughs> and you have a, and you have a do sing- not let your daughters yeah, go out Sunday your, night. Don't let your good-looking single daughters go out Sunday night because Sam Darnold will get <laughs> He's drunk give him that and mono. make out with him <laughs> after a convincing Jets win. They didn't even use Le'Veon that much. Le'Veon had a bad game, and they still beat the tar off that. They beat the you know they beat the wheels off him. That was a beautiful, beautiful bet last yep. week for the Jets. Getting yep. points, ah. What's Unbelievable. Do? Unbelievable. Um, I am generally in agreement with you here. Uh, I think Darnold and the Jets are surging. I think their offense is clicked. Uh, I don't worry too much about them getting ahead of themselves because obviously they are still way out of the playoff race. Um, it's not like they're reading their headlines in New York and like f- they, uh, think of themselves as contenders all of a sudden. So there's still a lot of work to be done. And if you're uh, if you're the team we think, and if you're a 500-ish type of team, uh, you take care of business against this uh, this Bengals team, which is missing enormous parts all over the place. I would have taken an over in this game, probably, knowing that Dalton was going to be the quarterback. I would have taken an over because he's more likely to get you touchdowns, but also more likely to put you in disadvantaged situations where he's throwing interceptions. Um, so I, maybe the over is still a decent look. I I am all in on jets minus three and a half at this point um i don't know why this has come down do you think dalton versus finley is worth i i, I honestly point and I, half. I i honestly i finley's like, bad like I, finley's it bad, wasn't it wasn't we, we knew worth, what we were gonna, we knew what we were gonna get with him we were gonna you're yeah, gonna get this, 10 13 points i think before they start they started putting finley in you could have made the argument that it maybe wasn't that big of a downgrade, but then we saw Finley play. And yeah, it's a point, point and a half. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, I still think three and a half has value. I'm betting the oh, Jets. Um, Consensus play. Lock, 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 lock. Do, 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 do. If, the, uh, if the Bengals are going to avoid historic uh, embarrassment, I think it's going to be against the Dolphins. Um, I can't really tell you that they can do anything well against this Jets defense. Uh, their offensive line is the bottom of the league in pass block, run, run block. Um, I don't have any clue how they gain any traction against a, a defense that has all of a sudden found its form. Um, this should be, a, you know, Jets, Jets wire to wire like they did against the Raiders, really and truly. I know it's on the road. I know that they are coming off a big win. I know that Darnold uh, was swapping spit with coeds, but uh, this is uh, this is a, this is a matchup that favors them every which way, and I think they continue their winning ways. 
Um, let's tee up the AFC North matchup that everyone tuned in to hear our breakdown on. Are the Browns live for the six seed? Kind of, but not as much as the Jets are. The six, who's in the six seed this week? Because we need to bet against them. I think it's the Steelers. What oh, is the Pittsburgh Steelers? I guess. <laughs> You're right. That's funny that I brought that up. Every, whoever, I mean, the Oakland was in the six seed last week. They lost. Yeah, five Colts. Yeah, Texas. Whoever yeah, is in yeah. the six Everyone seed. Everyone who's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's falling on their face. I'll tell you, I do like my 30-second handicap on this because we just did this game, and I think it'll be more fun to talk about the other stuff. But I lean Cleveland, but I don't want to bet this because I don't know if I know enough about Duck Hodges at this point. And I think he might be an upgrade over Mason Rudolph. Mason what about the pieces, great. though? What about There's the too pieces? much the injuries. The injuries The injuries are sketchy. Like, Cleveland lost a good pass rusher. Pittsburgh lost a center. I don't know what Juju, uh, Deontay, everybody else. I don't know enough about the injuries to get too involved. I'm, if things shake out my way and the number's still reasonable i'm i'm tempted to take some cleveland here I, I definitely lean hard towards cleveland they have they have figured it out yeah i'm with you i lead cleveland as well i think cleveland gets a win here i think cleveland races to the finish line and threatens to take a playoff spot i really do i think that succeed has their name on it i'm looking at their schedule down the stretch man you want to pull that up and tell me who, who they lose to between from here on in besides maybe the ravens who they played freaking lights out against in Baltimore earlier this season? Yeah, it feels like it's not quite the same Ravens team, but yeah, they played the Feels like it's not quite the same Browns team, though. No, Bengals twice. Oh, man, give me the over there. Bengals twice, (laughs) Cardinals, Steelers, Ravens at home. And they, eh, I mean, there's three road games out of five, but it's against three lower-end teams. The Cardinals are never dead, though. Cardinals are are a scary team. That's true. That's a good point. Um, do you think they get to nine to seven? They could, but there might be. I think definitely. They need uh, this one. They need this one bad. There's tiebreakers coming in. There, there's going to be like a, a third tier tiebreaker that comes in. Mm. Did you watch any of the game against Miami, or did you just watch the the touchdowns on red zone? I watched a little, but mostly just get, red zone. Can, do you have a read on the the mentality in that locker room? Has Baker kind of seized control of this team in the wake of the uh, uh, the the melee in Pittsburgh two weeks ago? I like to. I mean, I won't say nice things about Baker Mayfield much because he's a fucking schmuck. But I like what he <laughs> said. I liked what he said. He's like, yeah, they're going to suspend. Like he was real about it. I respected yeah. that. But he he knew he wasn't going to be like, oh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. He didn't give the PC bullshit answer. We'll have to see. You know, that's up to the league. And no, he's he's dripping but, in authenticity. There's no yeah, doubt about he, that. He wasn't going to. He's not going to say something he doesn't mean. Or he's gonna be like, oh yeah, they're going to suspend him. He's done. Yeah. Did you see yeah. what he did? He fucking hit a guy with a helmet. I'm, par- <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. No, I think that was exactly how he said it. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I like, I, like uh, in the same sentence that we were just going about Darnold and his ability to kind of, uh, you know, reframe his narrative of the 2019 season heading into 2020. I think the same exact condition exists for Baker Mayfield. I think they figured out a couple important things on offense to make them more competitive, and I think that they should be three point favorites against Pittsburgh. I don't. Th- I think if you're getting under a field goal here, then uh, you're getting value on the uh, Browns. I think that the Steelers' defense, which was so amazing. 
uh, over a handful of games in the middle of the season was hugely propped up by just being at home week in, week out, week in, week out. Granted, now they're back at home, obviously, and they're going to have the crowd. Uh, crowd is going to be tilted in their advantage, and they're going to have some mismatches with the uh, the offensive line, and they're going to get a pass rush on Mayfield. But I like the I like the improvements that they've made in terms of scheme, in terms of sequencing of play calls, in terms of how they're deploying Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I think that you're looking at a team in Cleveland that has lots of offensive weapons in a game where all you're going to need to do is get to 20-ish points to win. This is Cleveland's, uh, you know, this is Cleveland's spot right here. And, um, you know, we saw how well they matched up against this Pittsburgh defense in Cleveland on Thursday night football a couple weeks ago. They scored 21 points, but they left a lot of points on the field, I felt like, that night. Uh, And I think that uh, if you get any kind of, uh, you know, and and the other thing that I think plays into my handicap and why I'm bullish on on the Browns this week is Tomlin's, uh, Tomlin's presser. Did you watch that today? I saw the quotes. Did you see his? You should go watch the actual uh, video of it. Was he his, losing confidence? It was the opposite. Yeah. He 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 was. He. I love the answer. He, uh, yes. he, he hasn't killed us. Yeah. Right. And he did it as like a laugh line, but it just hit the room flat. Like it was. It was like, oh yeah, you're joking when you say that, but. Like you, but you really are completely fucked offensively. Like the Steelers are fucked offensively. I, I honestly like. I, I know that if you're not going to be able to generate a pass rush because all of your pass rush pieces are suspended or hurt, uh, that stinks for the Browns defensively because that puts a lot of pressure on your secondary, who is middling at best. Um, but if Juju Smith Schuster's not out there, if Washington's not out there, if this is just the Duck Hodges show. Uh, Duck Hodges to Washington or Duck Hodges to Vance McDonald. Like, that's not scaring me to the tune of I can go out there and hang 24 on you. This has like 24 17 written all all over it. Kind of does. Yeah. Anything under three is good. Fucking, I'm betting it. You talked me into it. Biggest card. You know what I'm going to do? Last year, last week was the biggest. We're feasting, man. Last week was the biggest card of the year for me. Yeah, I'm gonna, it was I'm gonna follow by far it your best. Hey, yeah. It was a pretty good card, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, sensing, I'm sensing correlation. Is this correlation or causation? That's <laughs> just making me have to. The more you bet, here. the more you win. Man. The more you can win. This is this is a, this is this is tale tales old. You can't time. go six and one if you only bet three games. That's a hundred percent true. Um. All right. Well set us up for the sad state of the LA Rams heading to a very tricky spot. This is not what you want to do after you get your ass whooped by a gadget offense. Tell me, and, and, go and, and, play and, and, a different gadget <laughs> offense. Who's coming off a bye and doesn't seem to realize uh, that the you know the losing and maybe losing games isn't like the right move for them. Getting getting a young guy confidence, getting this team some confidence, winning some games, staying close. You know, getting this offense figured out and getting it figured out for the coach too. The coach is new to the NFL, been in college forever and a day. This team is, I mean, look what we saw with the Niners versus the the Packers. And it was a bit of a sleepy spot. Yeah, it was. But look what you saw the Cardinals do against the Niners. Like, the Cardinals just aren't scared. I don't think they they don't have it. It's, It's a dangerous mindset, a team that's not afraid to lose, and they're not afraid to try to win. Because they're they're they know they're out of it. They're out of it when the season started. 
I mean, they they knew what they, you know. They knew what was happening going in. Yes. They were a bad. They were a bad team with knew everything. Patrick Peterson suspended to start the year, missing a lot of pieces. It, it, you know, they you can get, quote whatever you want in the preseason, but I'm sure they saw what David Johnson looked like running the ball. Like, oh man. Plus, he sucks now. Like everything's going to shit. We're just gonna try to figure this out as we go. And yeah, the Rams, the Rams, this is not what you want to happen to. Uh, this is the look ahead line we talked about that we, we wish we would have grabbed. Jesus, can't believe we didn't just grab all the double digit look aheads and hopes a lot of them turn out. Next year. Um, so next year. So, yeah. This is, uh, this is in no shape. Wait, this is hilarious what this line is. Like, yeah. I think, I think the, the Rams. Got the Rams almost at value, and I still can't bet it. I I am. I mean, what was your major take? The major takeaway nationally, and the echoes, and the kind of the reactions on Twitter to last Monday night's football game that we're talking about here, where the Ravens completely deconstructed the Rams. The reaction was largely. Lamar Jackson is so much better than we thought he was going to be. I owe him an apology or I'm patting myself on the back for being so right about him. Very little ink was spilled. Very little um, breath was, uh, was spared on how poor of a performance that was for the Rams. There were a lot of people that we are very uh, respectful of their opinions in the betting market who bet the shit out of the Rams this, this last week. Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That, and that made me nervous too, because like like I said, all the people that I listened to made very salient points to bet the Rams. My number said to bet the Rams. It's still just that that offense is out of this world. And that's maybe where the Rams do get a get right spot. Because while Arizona is wild, they're a little live, they're squarely. It still isn't Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman putting on the greatest show on turf times two. How does they, the this, yeah? How how does Jared Goff rebound? This is a I mean this is a have to have game. This this eliminates you from the playoff contention if he loses. Not mathematically, but you're pretty dicked because you know either Minnesota or Seattle is winning. They play each other. Green Bay is playing a pretty bad team. Dallas is going to win. And all the other playoff teams ahead of you are going to win except for one. But you really need this to, to make up a game of ground. You, you get to either make up a game on Minnesota or Seattle in this game. You have to have this. Like, this is, you, this is dead serious. Stick your fucking flag in the ground and win this game. Otherwise, pack it in start playing, you know, making golf reservations. Jared Goff has to deal with pressure better because Imagine they have a good him- pass rush. In Arizona, that's going to be a problem. That's where I, I can't pet the Rams here. I'm, I am passing on this one. I, I like the Rams in this spot. I hate to say, like, must win because it's not really a thing. But motivationally, like, this is kind of the crux of the season. And they know it. Yeah. I liked what McVay had to say after. I, a lot of what I've heard from McVay in and around game time, his pressers and his interviews and stuff, has been uninspiring this year. But the his quotes after the Ravens game, I actually liked. I don't know if you saw any of these, but he was basically like, we can't let the Ravens beat us twice, 
right? Like we have to just start fresh start on this, this game. This is a, this is a, a new game, new week, like on to Cincinnati kind of a moment for this Rams team, which, which makes me encouraged that they're going to get a win here. Um, I kind of want to lay the points. I kind of want to bet the over Jared Goff scares the, the bejesus out of me. He would like his, his play was really, really bad against the Ravens. It was really gross. His play was pretty bad against the Bears. His play was pretty horrific against the Steelers. It's been a long time that, since we saw good Jared Goff. He could have done more damage against Cincinnati and London. He was horrific against the Niners. Um, imagine giving him, locking him into like a four or five year contract worth over $100 million. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I feel oh like God. I need to lay down after I look at those numbers. Are there 20 starting quarterbacks in the NFL you would name before you pick Jared Goff out of the pile? I think there's some backups. <laughs> I take yeah. there's there's two Teddy, even with sure, the, Teddy. yeah even with this dead arm there's two Saints quarterbacks that take <laughs> right now because yeah. I mean you can say oh his splits like he's really good out of a clean pocket well the other team does try to rush the quarterback and that is going to be a reality for the rest of your career and if you can't handle some pressure and you just shrivel a wilting daisy every time you get a, a hand in your face. You're just never going to be a good team. I don't know how this team made the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. I don't know, dude. They have the weapons. They have the offense. They have the mindset. I think to bounce back from this and get a win against the Cardinals. Yeah. I'm I like really, I'm really strongly considering backing the Rams this week. Really, really thinking hard. Do you think that is a better angle at the at a cheap three than uh, taking the over? Because honestly, like the the Cardinals are an auto over. This the past secondary total, has improved. It's improved, it but it's still not yeah. good. Okay, so that's the question then. Does the defense rebound from that embarrassing <laughs> yeah, the Rams, getting the the run down their damn bad throat. either? They it's just not they a bad just defense. It's they just, just gave up. They felt like they they it felt like they their only win they had last night was holding the RG three to a field goal after giving up six consecutive <laughs> touchdown drives. I was going to laugh so if, um, if RG3 would have led them down the field, they're like, all right, maybe it's not just Lamar. Maybe there's a problem. <laughs> maybe there's a problem. Yeah, they, but, I mean, like you said with that quote, they can't let them beat them twice. They they have to bounce back, and this is – I mean, this is not even – They got some vets. Ravens light, yeah. It's, they got they some have, vets. They have some good players. If they get fired up, they can win this game by double digits. I'd, I'd okay. lean towards the under and the Rams in this one. Okay. I don't know if I picked the dog yet. So I'm looking at three at minus 101. Tampa. Maybe I just maybe you just wait and let the dust settle and get two and a half if it manifests. Is that possible? It, it, it's coming. You can get a three at Heritage. I'm looking at three minus 101 right now. Nitro? Yeah. Mm, it's not the worst look. Um, okay. Let's we'll, we'll circle back on that at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe really? I'll just bet it. Maybe not. Um, let's talk about uh, the uh, the narrative spectacular. Andy Reid off the bye. Derek Carr in the cold. <laughs> the two narratives colliding to tell you that 10 points is not enough for the Kansas City Chiefs to be laying to the, to the Oakland Raiders. Boy, how that flipped. That flipped quick twice, right? Like, it was a very, it was a very popular take of John Gruden's really doing something great with this Raiders team. And they're feisty. They're going to make the playoffs. No one wants to play the Raiders to this team is 
utter and total horseshit, trash, frauds, losers. Uh, all it took was one no show in New in New York. Yeah, and and they and they all quit on you. Like we said, and this is such a big, even more than Darnold's good, Jamal Adams good. They have nice receivers. The pass rush, the pass rush, the pass defense, rush defense. Excuse me. Like it, if Oakland can't run the ball, apparently they're a really really shitty team. And they just can't figure out their way around it. Derek Carr is super conservative. He's Alex Smith, but in black and white. He's <laughs> Captain Silver and black. Come on, yeah, man. silver and black, whatever. Uh, they don't always wear. The, you know, they were black and white too. I don't think but, there's any white detailing on the Raiders uniforms. Uh, the home whites. The home whites. Yeah, they do have they white white jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> but they they. I mean, super super conservative. Oh man, I want to go back. Did you see Aaron Rodgers' average depth of target in the Niners game? I could not believe that. I thought that was somebody joking. No, it was behind the line. I, I couldn't believe that. Doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I couldn't believe it. I think it was that uncom- was, was I, think, uncompleted I think it was uncompleted passes only. It was it was behind, it was negative point one yards. Uh, that is ju- that was mind blowing. I, I, I but I could but you can believe it because San Francisco's coverage was that good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Where are we yeah. going with that um, point? Oh, <laughs> oh, Oakland, if Oakland can run the ball, they can score. Yes. That's I, a good point. It's a high number. It's kind of a big number, but if you can get a 51, I'm on it. Jeez, mm, dude. I got to take it. Oakland will score. Oakland can move the ball on this defense. This defense off a bye. I, I don't think they cover. I think it's close. I'm not excited about taking 10, but Oakland gets to 20 here. Um, can you give me, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Can you give me a, a grade on Andy Reid's performance as a head coach this season? It's been okay. I mean, he had to deal with some adversity. He had solid B. He lost some pieces off last year and then he was forced to deal with a pretty awful injury. <sighs> yeah. I give him a B. Okay. Okay. Uh, if only that, were uh, some sort of way. To enhance his abilities <laughs> as a coach, <laughs> for scheduling, some, yeah. scheduling anomaly, where yeah. you got extra time to study. Thirty-five twenty-four game flies over. Okay, so I guess the only thing I have to challenge you on that is um, the one weakness that Andy Reid has un- been unable to fix on his team as the head coach has been their ability to defend the run. They can, you can run on them. Uh, and to a degree, we've seen a Raiders team after a pretty inspiring couple of games offensively, including like a, what, 31 points against the lions. And then they went on to that, that short week, Thursday night football. And they had a couple of defensive scores or short fields that really helped them boost their total in that game. But since then, They've gone major conservatives. They've really tried to eat the clock. They've really tried to lead into their running game, and it hasn't worked out very well for them. Um, I guess you're prepared to live with an over and seeing a final score line of like, oh, I don't know, 35-3 or, oh, I don't know, 28-10? It was a lean. I don't know if I'm betting this one, but it's where I'd lean. Because that does worry me how conservative they've been. But I haven't bet this one yet. I'm excited. 28-10 wasn't an accident. That was the score of their first matchup week know, two know, where know, Oakland had all of the advantages. That was a super advantage spot for Oakland. 
They couldn't have had a better spot. And I don't, and I don't think that's – 28 I, points in one quarter. That wasn't the point here where Oakland had found their offense. And that's man, true. I mean, it's just – it's like the 30th ranked rush defense. They're going to be gashing them. They know they can go back to it. Uh, things open up for Carr when he can – he's not going to be really you – know, I don't want to say the run sets up the pass because it's not true, but when he's not relied on to get all the yardage because the Jets are just stuffing up all the running lanes. I think they can move the ball. Lean <laughs> okay. over. I haven't played it yet. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, uh, I knew some folks who had some very sharp positions on that over in the first matchup. And uh, after seeing 38 points in the first half, they had massive blue balls in that one. That was that rough. Was, yeah, that, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, it was that game should have gone over. I don't think the game got weird. The game script got weird. Um, both of these teams are fighting for a playoff spot right now. It can't be, you know, let's punt away the second half. Yep. Uh, what do you? What's the just coming off the bye? Um, the general health of the Chiefs offense, offensive line, offensive weapons. Would you give them a clean bill of health? I'm going to have to check into some of that. Like you said, we're Tuesday. We don't have injury yeah, right. reports. Yeah, we're a little early, right. For the most part, yeah, I haven't heard too much. Okay. I think they're okay. going to be mostly mostly okay. I think both teams are fairly healthy. The Raiders dealing with much right now. I mean, you didn't watch the end of that uh, Chargers game, but I was disappointed that the Chiefs only came away with 14, 24 points in that. Yeah. no, They, they should have got more. If, and they know who they are as a team. Their defense is better, but it still kind of stinks. They need to get that offense right if they want to be doing something in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good get-right spot, I guess, then. Mm-hmm. They can score 40. Um, okay. Well, uh, team me up, on, uh, up at altitude where we get uh, the return of one of the great young defensive players in the league. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You didn't hear about that? Who? Denver? I'm kidding. No. Derwin James. <laughs> Derwin's back, baby. Yeah, this is a Derwin's back. Boy, am I going to bet another favorite this week? <laughs> it's a chalky De- week. Yeah, Denver gets to go back home where Brandon Allen played good against – that was still a weird game against the Cleveland Browns. The Browns had twice as many plays and just looked terrible. Mm-hmm. What a What a bad loss for them, but yeah. The Chargers, another team I cross off quite a bit because I never know what I'm going to get out of them, but they are off to buy. Derwin James, who is so important, says he's feeling great. He might play. I think he proclaimed himself in. That's what I heard, too. Yeah, so this this open did it. I'm not saying a line should ever move off a defensive player, but has it moved off the open? Well, it's down. Yeah. Total is down to 38 and a half. Uh, yeah, and I'm seeing about one and a half points in favor of the uh, the Chargers, but it's a pretty meaningless one and a half points going from a minus one to a minus two and a half. Yeah, I agree with you there. The Denver against a bad secondary was able to put up points against Minnesota, and then they collapsed because they're just not a very good team. They have a, you know, a rookie head coach and maybe not enough weapons, uh, although – although the passing weapons looked pretty good in that first half, it was pretty much the second half of Minnesota continued for four more quarters this week. And now they get to come home. And I think people have enough tape on this uh, Allen character that a half decent defense can stymie the shit out of him. The Chargers should win this game. 
Yeah. Can, can win this game, but I don't can. know if they can bet on them. Yeah, the problem with betting the Chargers is they have the better, they have the much, much better set of weapons, offense and defense. They just have a quarterback who has a dead arm. Mm-hmm. And they're four and, and seven. Like and the, motiva- the yeah. mo- motivation's tough. Motivation's tough. Although we should look at their schedule and figure out if they can finish nine and seven. I guess they finished the season at Kansas City. They might be eight and seven in that spot. They have a tough, they have kind of a toughest schedule, though. That's not going to be an easy win at home against Minnesota. It's not going to be. Yeah. There's a couple of tough ones. We've just given um, like five different teams a six seed. Well, that's because I don't think that the teams that are actually in the discussion for it have a chance. I don't think the Colts have a shot. I don't think the Raiders have a shot. I don't think the Steelers have a shot, which means it's going to someone out of the kind of in the very tail end of the hunt right now. Maybe Tennessee. Yeah. Do you think I'm way off base? I don't know. Like ten, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on Tennessee. You think they can get not, to nine and seven, though, right? Yeah, I think a lot of teams can get to nine and seven. <laughs> it's going to be a weird tiebreak that it's gives gonna it be, to it's gonna be a weird someone. Tiebreak. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not excited about any of those teams, like going into Foxborough or Baltimore, or even Hell having no. to play Kansas City. And no, no, yeah, that six seed is is your ticket to KC and Arrowhead to take on. Uh, presumably, walking. yeah. Yeah, presumably Dead you're a double-digit dog. Mile. Yeah. Although I would love to see another rematch of Tennessee-Kansas City. That was a low-key great game. It was kind of a fun game. Yeah, strength yeah, on strength. Away from, strength on weakness, strength on weakness on both sides. Staying away because it's it's the Chargers. Yeah, okay. High-variance game. Same. I, I, would, I would lay the Chargers here were it not yeah. for them being the Chargers. <laughs> if you put this roster blind in resume. Of me, yeah, blind resume. I'm playing the Chargers here, but then you take away, take off the blindfold, and I see the lightning bolt helmet. Uh, I pass. Mm-hmm. All right. Even if they're in baby blues, got a Even if they're blues, in the baby, baby blues, blues. I, might play I love Derwin James being back. That defense is going to be nasty. Maybe a Denver team under. total under. Yep. What's that going to be like? Seventeen. Oh, 38. Half of thirty-eight is nineteen. Yeah, seventeen and a half. Okay, I like that. Uh, Brandon Allen's not doing it for me. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Uh, Sunday nighter, New England Patriots. We're going to bet against the market. The market is finally adjusting. Ooh, the, 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 the Allen fade trifecta parlor. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Or the teaser. What, what if you tease them all? You're getting a long teaser on Dallas. You're going to get a, uh, or pretty close. Close uh, you're going to get a uh, out to 17. I'm not teasing. Redskins from, from 10 to 16. That's insane. Um, okay. Anyway, let's move to the night game. Yes. In line. Uh, with the total of 40, though. <laughs> That's kind of it's kind of not crazy. Um, yeah. And I'm not teasing across zero with the Kansas City, with the, uh, the LA Chargers. Sorry. Um, the uh, That guy Jimbo's in a whole bunch of trouble. Remember? Um, <laughs> the Sunday nighter. Uh, we have the Patriots. The market is finally is finally adjusting the Patriots. I think fairly, making them a three and a half point favorite on the road to the Houston Texans. I think is a super super fair number. I have a lot of questions about the Patriots' offense and whether they ever find themselves in 2019. I guess it matters more whether they find themselves in 2020, but uh, the 
next two games for them, Houston KC are going to be extremely tough. And then they get the softest, softest landing pre <laughs> pre uh, pre playoffs that you could ever have imagined. Um, I took an under position on here. I don't feel great about it. Do you, did you bet the, did you already bet the under? I did. Are you still, still feeling pretty confident in it or are you worried now? I'm like a robot with this shit now. Dude. <laughs> I don't ever worry because you let all that stuff get in your head. You're just going to you know, stay up at night thinking about, uh, you know, teams getting shit right and figuring it out and scoring 40 points in the first half. But yeah, I'm worried. Of course I'm worried because okay. there's a lot of narratives can be made for a higher scoring game. I just don't see it. I still What's, think. What is the, the case? What is the case for this going over? Because I, I can't, I can only think of under. Yeah, the the case is the secondaries play bad and the quarterbacks show out, but New England's defense is still very good. It's on the road. That's not easy for him, but I mean, he's he's got Bill O'Brien's number. Coaching disadvantage. Even though we have given Bill O'Brien an upgrade to a net neutral court coach. Yes. No longer dragging his team down. He's not the dumbest coach in the league anymore. He's not even the dumbest coach in the state. We will <laughs> we will still say it is a coaching For mismatch now. almost anytime Bill Bill Belichick takes the field. I just I see it as a New England dink and dunk down the field kind of play. I don't know if he can I don't know. With the receiving core they have, I'm not trying to go deep against Houston. I think New England goes dink and dunk. I think we see the kickers kicking. New England has a problem at kicker. We might see some missed kicks. And then Houston, while I love Deshaun, I love some parts of their offense, the, the pass game just isn't going to – it isn't going to get going like it would against the lesser defense. I mean, that's a no. silly, way to, silly way to say it. But even with a good passing offense and a couple of good weapons and, you know, Fuller and uh, – who's the good guy, Nuke? Yep. It's Hopkins. Hopkins. It's a struggle against the, I mean, they, just like we talked about with a really good corner, you get They're to too take, good. Yeah. You get to take one of those guys away. So you're going to have to have the biggest Will Fuller the fourth game ever. Or fifth. Yes. I don't even know what he is. Is he the fifth? Will Fuller the fifth? Um, I agree with the, all those takes exactly. Uh, and I think that the coverage units that you have available for the Patriots are all universe. You can put two guys on Duke, and you can have your speed guys cover Fuller. And I don't think there's going to be wide open windows for Deshaun Watson to, to throw into. I think uh, I do think that the New England pass rush is going to have a tough time getting home. This is a kind of a game where you're like, oh wow, look at the look at the Houston offensive line doing things. I kind of I was talking myself into a Houston play until I just kind of said, you know what, I can't. Uh, I can't just continue to go back and back and back and back to the well here against Bill Bill Belichick. I got a lucky win on Dallas last week. I think I need to now walk away and just uh, kind of evaluate them from afar a little bit before they head to uh, Kansas City next week. Yeah, I made the case in my head also just based on the way that New England's offense has looked, but I think their defense keeps them in this game. And – I'm not interested in laying or taking the three, three and a half. Like if I'm on Houston, I'm on Houston to win. I have an angle that Houston's offense can figure this out. 
and you know, take away you take away Hopkins. I'm gonna beat you three other ways somehow. If that if that works, you know maybe they get they get in this game. I still like the under. Here's a question for you: When JJ Watt went out, it was broadly concluded by yours truly and others who handicapped football that the Texans defense was hot garbage and they were going to get exposed and beaten to a pulp. They did not at all look poor in division in their games against the Jags and the Colts. Their defense performed very well. In fact, both of those games, the defense, I think pretty much won it for them in terms of the way they kept things together at key moments. Do we did we just not happen to have the right matchups to be proven right on the Texans defense sucking? And is this the spot where you're like, oh, look out, here comes Tom Brady. It's December now. He's going on his little run where he, you know, he reminds everyone he's, you know, still the greatest. Like, is this the the game where the Patriots offense all of a sudden looks a hell of a lot better going up against uh, one of the lesser defenses in the league in kind of controlled environment in prime time? Like like, do we come out of this game thinking, like, wow, we really might have underestimated how the Patriots' offense is figuring it out, and they, here it comes. Here it comes, like always. <sighs> Boy, I won't like that. I won't that either. Be but fun. I, I won't either. I mean, you could be right. This... Okay. Did you see anything in their ability to get a drive together when they absolutely had to against the Cowboys that suggested that they – that they're that the that the framework is there. I to guess do well? if if they bring that refereeing crew with them, <laughs> they should be fine. That was the defense that benefited from the refing. The offense, I thought, did better than I expected against the Cowboys, even in only scoring seventeen points, including having a blocked punt return for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Did they have seventeen points? They had seventeen, right? Or was it sixteen? Sixteen nine. Cowboys got three field goals against that defense. Was it, it wasn't. Did it push? No. I think no, it was no, 16. No. Oh, no. 16-12? 13-9 or something. Because New England didn't cover. New England didn't cover. Yeah, you're right. It was it? Uh, can't remember the final score of that game. Dallas definitely had nine. Yeah. I, guess it was I think 13, it was 13-9. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the under here. Okay. Okay. Sticking with the under. Patriots offense is still frauds. Texans defense is better than they were giving him credit for. All the guys they picked up off the scrap heap have been coached up to be average or better. Sounds good to me. Yeah, man. All right. Sticking with it. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, man. Um, If if that's something you do, I guess you're not American. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, you can still have turkey. To our Canadian listeners. Yeah. Our Canadian listeners, happy, belated, happy, happy, late, belated, happy, late belated Thanksgiving. happy Thanksgiving to our uh, to our listeners overseas. If you're wondering why our schedule is not normal, Thursday is a holiday in America, and uh, a lot of people are traveling, so that's why we're early. Yeah, we didn't land in Plymouth Rock. A lot less decisive for sure on what my final card is going to look like today than normal, but uh, that's just because we're early. Anyway, hopefully that was a helpful handicap for everyone, and uh, I will talk to you. We'll do uh, the triple scope on, uh, on, on Turkey Day, unless uh, weird shit happens with the weather or otherwise. Stay safe up in Minnesota, man. Get, oh, get warm. no worries. Hope you got the extra firewood, firewood uh, stockpiled so that you can keep the house warm. We got the Jenny if the power goes out, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, good.
Good deal. All right. Well, enjoy. Yeah. What were, we, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say peace, peace and love, oh, okay. and, and right. bountiful harvest and all that. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Dude, the bountiful harvest is a no no brainer. Everyone, yeah, we had a bountiful harvest for sure last week. It's going to be a very happy Thanksgiving in the household. I'll talk to you on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>